हेलो एवरीवन दिस इज कथक का चक्कर माय नेम इज प्रमित एंड दिस प्लेस इज डिजाइन टू बी अ सेंट्रल प्लेटफॉर्म टू ब्रिंग कॉन्वर्सेशंस विद कथकर्स अक्रॉस द ग्लोब है एवरीवन सो दिस इज माय एपिसोड विद राफिया बॉम जी she is a kath she's been a kathakar for 20 years now and she has her own institute beta based out of lyon this episode is really close to my heart cuz rafia ji really helped me get uh, up and running and helped me get sharmila sharma ji on the podcast amongst other people and has been one of the people who's really encouraged me to take this far and push me harder and get guests that i thought i wasn't really ready for so enjoy So let's get started and we're recording. Uh hi Rafia ji. Hi Pramit. How are you? How are you feeling? Well, I'm feeling pretty sick today. Oh. What yeah. happened? Take care. Well, I I told you that we the first time we spoke that I'm going to shoot a video. It was a Kathak fusion video with uh, Afro dance. Right. And we shot this video outside in the cold. Oh no. It was uh, yeah. <laughs> it was a good experience. Okay. So we were out in the cold for 4 hours and uh, in the Kathak costume and of course the Kathak bare feet. Right. We had to shoot the video at uh, multiple spots. So each time we had to change and then undress and then dress up and then undress and then So yeah I think that sort of got me. <laughs> oh wow. And uh, it's fine. Okay. It's getting better. So you were out for 4 hours in the cold. Uh how did you do anything to keep warm during the thing or were you just wearing the same costume like wearing kathak yeah. costume and barefoot the whole time? Well not the whole time so each time so it was with the it was with the other girl. Okay. So I had my uh, my shot so each time there was my shot. so i had to obviously undress da 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 put on the costume and then uh, when it was her shot so i would just sort of put my socks on stay on the side okay. put a sweater on and then wait for her shot and then we had to go to another spot mm-hmm. and do the same and there was my shot and there was her shot and then there was a shot of us together so each time there's hot cold hot cold oh. and um, there's a spot which is um, it's a very touristy spot right and uh, so there's a lot of tourists that pass by mm-hmm. and so the problem with that is that you have to wait each time that people sort of pass by you know sometimes you're waiting for like 5 minutes or you know 3 minutes or something like that mm-hmm. to pass by and then you can resume your shot um so yeah it's not like you know you come in bang bang and it's shot and then you go and then yeah no it's um but it was a good experience Okay. I and hope so how did you feel at the end of the 4 hour ordeal when you accomplished what you got out to do and it was such a like the conditions weren't ideal how did you feel at the end of it well you know it's always such a buzz after you shoot the video it's mm-hmm. you really feel like you've you've really accomplished something because you the hours you spend in the practice the 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 whole idea is from idea germination to the actual final result it's uh, it's so nice to actually see and feel that it's done you know and so it was really nice i was really happy but i knew towards the end i was like uh oh 
I'm going to be so, so sick after this. I actually just knew it. Even during the shoot, I was like, uh-oh, this is yeah. not going well. The chill factor, the wind chill factor is pretty high. So, but it was really good. We did a nice uh, lunch and sort of like thing with the girl. We took our coffees and we stayed like, I think that's our ritual celebration. Each time we shoot a video after right. that, we sort of, everybody sort of like, you know, calms down and takes an hour, two hour. We chit chat, we discuss and sort of like, you know, hey, pat on the back kind of thing. We did it. <laughs> That's awesome. And is this something that is going to be publicly available? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hopefully in two weeks. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's in the post-production right now. Mm-hmm. The, so um, we're editing it at the moment. I'm very excited about this because this has not been done. Like, especially on this song, for instance, and just generally in France, at least. I'm not sure I can't say worldwide, mm-hmm. but um, I'm sure worldwide it's done. I haven't looked up though, but uh, especially in France, it has not been done. So I'm pretty excited about that. I'm that, really excited about this project. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to it too then. Yeah. yeah Especially yeah, knowing, yeah. The, knowing the story makes it all the more worthwhile. Yes. And the pain behind it. Yes. Are you doing a behind the scenes by any chance? I'm just curious. Well, uh, you know, we couldn't. We really okay. couldn't because we were so cold. <laughs> But the guy that yeah. we have some stuff behind the scenes, yes, yes, okay. yes. There is, okay. there is some behind the scenes stuff. But okay. I'm not sure we want to release that. <laughs> We're just like shivering in the corner each time. Mm-hmm. You know? But um but no, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. let's see. Let's see how it goes in the in the post production. You can just uh, you can just title it It's too cold to practice outside. I swear it was so cold. <laughs> Because it was literally the last day of summer. It right. was literally, you know, I think mm-hmm. or maybe a couple of hours before the summer had ended. Oh. And we had just entered that phase, you know, the okay. transition phase. It I got see. really good. Like it was, it was literally 10 degrees. Wow. With a lot of wind. Yes. So it's, it was pretty cold. And nine yeah. o'clock in the morning, it was not something that was very ideal. I wouldn't so. imagine but that's fine it's it's as long as i hope the video is going to be good i'm very excited about this project okay and since we are entering the winter season would you do you see yourself doing another outdoor cold weather project Mm, no (laughs) (laughs) no 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 but i say this i say this now Mm -hmm. but um to be honest uh, i have done some really, uh, really crazy things in winters. Each time I say this, each year. I but see. you know, for instance, there was a um, starting of this year right. in, Jan- in January and February both mm-hmm. before the COVID happened. Right. And uh, so there were some, um, there was a performance that I did in uh, at a center here uh, in France. Mm-hmm. It was for the immigrants. Um, it's a very nice, uh, very nice institution mm-hmm. for immigrants. So there was that. Uh, it was so cold. It was like two degrees or something. Okay. It was so cold, and so we. Uh, it was a. It was a nice show of one hour. And then in February, it was the same thing. It was for a uh, Groupama Stadium. It was really nice, but it was so cold. Again, mm-hmm. minus something. I'm seeing and a pattern here. 
which is huh? interesting. I'm seeing you a pattern see pattern, here. Right? Yes. So I say no, but willingly that after it's true, like if you get an opportunity and, uh, you know, especially if you're performing with a troupe and stuff, so you're all pumped up and mm-hmm. yeah. But normally for performances, it's okay, right? Because you know, it's going to last, uh, let's say half an hour or something. So you sort of warm up before mm-hmm. and you just go on stage and you perform and then you come back and you warm up. Whereas for a video, it's different. You know, it, it, it sort of lasted four hours because it's on and off and mm-hmm. on and off. So you're cold and you're, then you're a bit warm, then you're really cold again, then you're cold. So, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. It's it's spanned over a longer period of time if you're doing a video, whereas for so that's why I never felt sick after a performance, to be honest. Right, because you're always moving, and once you're exactly. moving, you kind of warm up internally. If that makes sense. Exactly, and once you're done, you just put on your coat and you just go to a warmer place and you drink a tea and it's fine. It's over, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Whereas videos are a different ordeal altogether. It's okay. not the same thing. Got it. So yeah. That's very interesting. Uh, yeah, I hope I hope you uh, feel better soon. And yeah. let's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you might That's hear awesome. me blow my nose, though. Yes. <laughs> yes. You that... have been warned. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to it, Rashi. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. wanted to ask you about your background, how you grew up doing Kathak, and what was that like? Hmm. So I started Kathak in terms of, as you can say, for classical, in classical terms, um, a bit late, which is 15 years. I started Kathak when I was 15. Mm -hmm. I'm 35 now. So uh, it's been a pretty long time that I've been doing Kathak. But obviously, there's many people who start at the age of three, five, seven. So, you know, in classical terms, that's, you know, they tell you to start as early as possible. Mm -hmm. also say that age doesn't matter and the, the blah 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 all of that so anyway so i got into kathak in pakistan right and uh, a friend of mine just sort of introduced me to it she's like hey you have to come you have to start doing these classes you know with this uh, with this teacher and stuff and i'd heard of this teacher she's the only one because in pakistan the um, we don't have a lot of classical dance uh, teachers right in, so we, my teacher, my guruji is called Indu Mithaji. Okay. The, she's a Christian uh, Bengal mm-hmm. uh, woman, and uh, she has been in Pakistan. She was married to a Pakistani uh, uh, gentleman, and he mm-hmm. passed away. And so she lived in, uh, of course, the Pakistan side. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she lived in Lahore, which was obviously part of India before. Right. And then the whole thing happened. Uh, the mm-hmm. partition. So uh, Indu Mithaji, she passionately actually teaches classical dancing. She's actually a Bharat Natyam teacher. Uh, but back in her times, mm-hmm. she's nine years old right now, by the way. She's wow. still alive and kicking. Okay. She's amazing. And so back in her days, she actually started, she got into classical through Kathak. She wanted to always learn Bharat Natyam, but mm-hmm. her teacher sort of told her uh, there was there was this, mentality that you have to uh, try to learn different styles of classical dance okay so they pushed her to doing kathak also i see so to get the body starting to mm-hmm. understand work a bit so she did kathak for a couple of years and then she obviously moved on to bharatnatyam and then she stuck to it okay but 
in her ideology she believes that kathak sort of helped her mm-hmm. uh, to it was like a slow progression towards bharatnatyam for okay. her and because bharatnatyam with with his postures and stuff it's very uh, you know powerful in that manner the 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 gesture i mean kathak has its own way own own discipline and bharatnatyam has its own discipline right. i think the postures are very different okay. so but her mentality in her way she thought that kathak is a slow progression towards bharatnatyam so that's what she started doing in pakistan so before teaching bharatnatyam she taught everybody 2 years of mm-hmm. kathak okay so she gave the basics of kathak to everybody to get sort of the movement and the understanding of the flow the space how the hands and the feet work a bit you know and then she moved people on to bharatnatyam and da 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 and so that's how i got into classical dancing in pakistan i started kathak with her mm-hmm. and obviously i was smitten so i was like wow this is this is this is so great this is not bollywood at all this can be different you know it's sort of our roots and you understand it's it's completely different you know and um and so i did uh, kathak i picked it up very fast very quickly so i did that for a year with her and she put me to bharatnatyam okay. and i did bharatnatyam for two years with her mm-hmm. and which was which was great and that's what i thought that i would i would do i would continue doing in right. fact i wanted to do bharatnatyam then mm-hmm. so i didn't know much more about kathak because she can't teach more than the basics right. you know and so then i moved i got married in pakistan and then i moved to france mm-hmm. husband is french so right. um, i moved here and then i started looking for a a, a teacher here a bharatnatyam teacher here mm-hmm. and uh, i found some people around here and i and i tried to do some classes and then and then we had this world trip project with my husband and okay. so we just sort of moved on to doing a world trip mm-hmm. and then during the world trip i met some fascinating people and then uh, and there were some links with kathak uh, some kathak dancers i met some people who were just starting and stuff and then some people who were older who had done it for a couple of years mm-hmm. so i sort of started training a bit while traveling you know on the go okay and and i just found out my actual passion was really with kathak and i had completely no more interest in bharatnatyam learning bharatnatyam or anything i just okay. sort of developed my kathak it just sort of came so naturally mm-hmm. you know and so that's where that happened and then i came back moved back settled in france couple of years ago 10 years ago mm-hmm. and then uh, i picked up a lot of kathak on my own to be honest mm-hmm. and the videos and this and that and uh, that really helped and uh, then i uh, was in touch with a couple of friends of mine the same people who i met through traveling and they sort of really helped me and then i did some video conferences with them and that was just it was just such a awakening call i was like wow this is what i meant to do and mm-hmm. then just like that uh i stumbled upon sharmila sharma ji who was living who's living in paris and who has been here who's a big pioneer of kathak in right. france and um and then i just uh, i just started practicing kathak with her okay. also So what what and, year was this cuz I I mean I had her for the last interview and I think she joined it she came down in 93 so when did you end up meeting her 
I met her literally five, six years ago. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Six years ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so she just saw me and she's just like, you have a lot of potential, mm. but you need a lot. You need some tweaking, right? Because I, okay. I never had like a proper uh, full-time guidance, like a guru, you know, right. I never went to proper classes or anything. Mm-hmm. And, I'd done so much work on my own. I had developed so much choreography, just what I felt. And she was just like, this is amazing what you're doing. You know, when okay. you pick this up on your own, I was like, yeah, yes. I don't know. This is, just came naturally to me. And so then she really helped tweak the basics, okay. you know, the, the postures and everything. And then mm-hmm. she just said, do it like this. And we started working together a lot, you know, so I would mm-hmm. show her my choreographies. And she would say, okay, yeah, do it like this, do it like that, tweak this a bit here, and this is fine, this is okay, this is not, you know. So she sort of became my my pillar of Kathak here. And that was that was really good. And she sort of gave me the basics. She's like, here you go. And she she polished all my basics. And then from there I just I just went on like a bird. I was like, now I'm gonna fly. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's basically what happened okay. with me. Kathak story and I guess uh, so I'd, I'm very curious about this when you were doing Kathak on your own and you said you learned from videos and you were kind of a very self-starter kind of person yeah. so who who did you look up to during before you found a mentor in Sharmilaji who were the people who you went to ah very interesting so I was a big fan and I still am a fan mm-hmm. of Vidalalji okay Vidhalal from the Jaipur Gharana, she's just fascinating. She mm-hmm. was so amazing, you know. And the Jaipur Gharana is known for their speed and rapidity and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, less, well, now more, but there was less about precision and elegance and stuff. It was so much about speed and the footwork and stuff. And that mm-hmm. was really, and she's amazing with Alalji. She's just, you know, she was one of my, wow, you know, mm-hmm. mentors online and so just look at and then there were several other people from Pakistan there was um, we have some uh, famous dancers called Nahid Siddiqui Ji mm-hmm. the Pakistan Gharana okay and, uh, there's Fasiu Rahman Ji and uh, here we are looking at more the precision the taking time in doing a movement we don't just do a movement for the sake of doing the movement you have to really feel the movement what mm-hmm. is it about? Is your ang, your ang, the focus is a lot on the ang, you know, and your angles and everything. So they take years in just developing that. And then they put the speed and everything. But speed is not a big factor in the Lucknow Gharana, in the, yeah, even in the Lucknow, in the Pakistan Gharana also. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, they, those were definitely my, my mentors. And then there was Shovana Narayan. She's mm-hmm. also a very big, famous uh, dancer. And of course, Shamila Sharmaji that I had looked up online also. I used to look at her and I had no idea that she was living in Paris. It's when I moved to mm-hmm. uh, and right. I was looking at the guru. And then I stumbled upon, I was like, what? She's in Paris. This is amazing. Because in Pakistan, I really tried hard. And each time there was something or the other mm-hmm. to get... Um, Sometime uh, with Nahid Siddiqui ji and she was really nice and right. she just called me back one day Nahid Siddiqui ji and she just mm-hmm. told me she's like 
don't worry beta let me tell you something mm -hmm. you will be ready the guru will come to you just okay. remember that you know when it will be your time the guru will come to you interesting and it stuck to me yeah so when i found sharmila sharma ji i was like wow so that is true so it was really um, it was really nice it was very nice and i did a little workshop with fasir rahman ji it was really nice it was very interesting to see the differences of different gharanas you know pakistan jaipur and lucknow it was very very interesting so yeah those so, were my pictures i guess on that note that begs the question since you've had exposure to so many different gharanas you've uh, you've you've seen what the pakistan's aero gharana looks like and now yeah. that you're learning under sharmila sharma ji who is primarily lucknow gharana but she also did jaipur in her formative yeah. years how yeah. would you define or how what would you say your style of kathak is ah ooh <laughs> you put um put on my soft nerve <laughs> no but um that's a very good question you know people do ask me this many times they're like so what is what is your gharana like where because of just my background the way i learned the mm -hmm. way i picked up and everything and uh, some so yeah well you know what i would say i i wouldn't say that my gharana is limited to my style is limited to any one gharana and i think that sort of like a mentality in kathak which is evolving and i mm -hmm. see that a lot it's very nice for instance sanjukta sinha ji who's also like a right now a pioneer um in uh, cutting edge kathak philosophy that she's sort of promoting the style mm -hmm. and she amalgamates so many different gharanas together because of the beliefs and she cuz she continuously says that and i'm so happy happy that somebody actually vocalized this because i was trying to say this and i would be a bit timid about it wouldn't okay. really vocalize it very loudly Mm -hmm. like that because you know each gharana you have to sort of respect and be mm -hmm. like hmm, i belong to this gharana and this but i think that's the beauty about kathak and how it's evolving now mm -hmm. is that um, it's also the one of the fastest evolving classical dances i mean that's proven right now and it's because of this that people are looking at it that you don't need to stick to one gharana the lucknow gharana is putting a lot of jaipur the jaipur uh, the gharana is putting a lot of banaras in there there's a lot of jumps that they're doing you know so they are sort of mixing and sort of limiting uh, eliminating these boundaries of gharanas you know and going like hey let's mix everything and let's see what it where it comes to and there's a big hashtag going on the kathak fusion you know hashtag kathak fusion hashtag kathak uh, contemporary kathak hashtag you know all of these new sort of terminologies are coming up mm -hmm. and which were not thought of before and so now so because the boundaries are so thin mm -hmm. and that's where people like me got really to sort of showcase my talent and sort yeah. of be like yes you know because i have such a mixed history of mm -hmm. being a pakistani learning from my bengali christian uh, a hindu teacher in pakistan mm -hmm. going to many indian pakistani students uh, 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 yeah uh, uh, kathak dancers to having a hindu teacher you know it's i have so many mixes so many influences like mm -hmm. so i do sufi kathak also which is a lot more related with the spiritual side 
you know, where we're just sort of, you know, it, there's a whirling dervish influence in that. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, a different part of, this is also another branch of Kathak. And I mix the technical, like I have a troupe with the, which I perform with in France. It's called Sangeet Quantet. Okay. There are four positions and I'm the fifth person. Okay. I'm the only in that. And there is the, in that we do Sufi Kathak. I do Kathak technical side also. I do more about um, just sort of Tumris and, uh, you know, uh, Abhinay expressive stuff. So, I mean, it's, to which gharana do I belong to? Uh, no gharana. I think I belong to all the gharanas. Mm-hmm. I'm just constantly learning. I, I love learning. I love picking up things. And uh, one of my biggest also influences in the initial years was Aditi Mangal Dasji. I forgot to mention her, okay. but she was one of my biggest influences because she has actually uh, been doing Kathak fusions and taking Kathak to another level since over a decade when nobody was doing this. Nobody was even thinking about doing mm-hmm. all of this breaking out, you know, because Kathak is basically uh, telling a story, right? Right. And people were always telling a story about, you know, the Radha Krishna, the lover with that. He came, Kalai Pakri, Matki and all of that, you know, the very normal, um, which everybody is learning, everybody was doing, you know. You take the Matki, uh, the the stone, the water drop, no, 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 no. Aditi Mangal Daji just took it to another level, right? And she just started telling stories about real life with Kathak. And before it was sort of like a thing, abomination not to wear black on stage and stuff. And now everybody's wearing black. Oh, really? All the dancers are wearing black. Yeah, it was something not considered very, yeah. Still, I think some Gharana. Yeah, some Gharana still are very associated with the traditions and they're still like, mm-hmm. no. But a lot of the young generation and the new people and many, many people, they're like, you know, you have to tell a story. And right. the story is not limited to a color. And okay. the story is not limited to romance and, you know, all of this stuff. It has to break out and talk about real stories. Mm. And, and that is what touched me. And I did, I sort of started doing that also, you know, but more in my Sufi Kathak way. So I took a, for instance, one of my first videos that I did was, it's called Rabba Satya. It's by, um, it's a song by Atif Aslam. Atif Aslam is a Pakistani singer, uh, mm-hmm. but also very famous in India. Very famous, of, yes. Voila. And so he did a song in Coke studio called Rabba Satya. It's, okay. uh, it's based on very famous uh, poets. Yes. And basically the song talks about um, God. Um, it's basically towards God. He's mm-hmm. talking, a man is talking to God, you know, that you made the mankind, you made earth, you made all these things on earth. And, um, but look what your man is doing to the other man. Look how much injustice there is in the world. Look what's happening. And you never, uh, why are you turning your face? You know, why aren't you doing something about it? You know, you never t- asked me how I'm doing, you know. So I did a very, my first video uh, was with this Sufi Kathak. And it's a, it's a Sufi element mixed with very technical Kathak, you know. And that was sort of something very new for France. 
they're like, oh, what is this? What's happening? You know, well, da, da, da. so that sort of got me out to somebody ooh, who's in France and sort of doing this is from Pakistan, mixing a lot of styles. So, I mean, that's what my I do. I'm just like sort of influenced by so much Pakistani and uh, that's what Kathak is, right? It's a mix. It's the only classical dance form, which is mix of both Hinduism and Islam. So I sort of, I'm very lucky to fit that in, you know, because of my background, because of everything, because of my teachers, because of everything, my life that has happened. So I just sort of take that and I'm not sticking to any gharana, any one style. I'm sort of mixing it and taking it where, where it's, where, it, where it's going to take me. I think that's what Kathak is today. So, yeah. Wow. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> and I, I loved how you started that and there were so many things to explore and I learned a lot as well in that just one answer. And, oh, I'm happy. And I guess you said, you mentioned something about uh, that were the Sufi Katha and the things you did being new to France, which yeah. to my next part of the question, because you are based in Lyon, France, right? Yeah. And I can't imagine there was a lot of Katha going on before you came there. Oh, no, there was none. None. There is still nobody. I see. Doing, there's still nobody who's doing pure Kathak. There is nobody else. And okay. Yeah. It's so, a very small, yeah. Um, so it's very nice that way for me. Right. So tell me about that. How, what was it like establishing Kathak in Lyon, which isn't, say, the most famous city in France? And yeah. you coming in and establishing yourself where Kathak is a minority art form. What was that yeah. like? You know, it was very interesting because people obviously had no idea uh, before, but what they did know of Kathak was from Bollywood. So when they saw Kathak, they knew what sort of what it is, but they didn't know that it's a technical art form, you know, but they knew from Bollywood, oh yeah, there's Kathak done in this, you know. Ah, okay, so it's... So when I came in, there was... You know, there was a bit of, uh, let's say, the, the few people knew of it, but a lot of it had no idea. And then when we started doing it, they sort of were, ah, yeah, I've seen this. Yeah, so it's like Bollywood. What we see in Bollywood, it resembles a bit. And that's where I had to clarify a lot of things. So my groundwork was like, okay, we need to go from zero, guys. What you see in Bollywood is not Kathak, you know. I mean, it depends which songs you're talking about, but especially which they were talking about was much more style, what we can say, Mujra instead of Kathak. So I had to sort of lay the groundwork, had to explain them a lot of things, the history, the origins of Kathak and what it actually is. So it was a bit tough starting, but, um, but I got very lucky in that way also. I had uh, for two years, two, three years consistently, I had a good group, but, uh, but not a very big group, uh, about hardly six, seven, seven girls, you can say, because there's uh, obviously there's a big stigma attached to the classical here and uh, that you have to start early. A lot of people that they won't be able to, and because Kathak is not part of their culture, you know, uh, classical, this form is not part of their culture. So a lot of people who come, they are, 
they soon quickly realized that, oh no, you know, this is going to demand a lot of, lot of discipline. And some people who are of age, they're like, oh, yeah, we don't think we can practice it. Da, 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 da. So there is that sort of barrier in France a bit, you know. But as compared to Bollywood, where people, people here mostly want to just sort of have fun and, you know, think about something else, uh, travel to another world. But having said that, more and more since I started uh, Kathak a few years back until right. today, now there's a very big market, not a very, very big, mm. but there's a good number of people who are aware of what Kathak is now and who want to learn Kathak on a regular basis also now, so which is which is pretty great, which is pretty, pretty great. So, yeah. And I guess I'm very curious. So once you came into Leon, how did you establish your first core group? What was the process you used to first acquire your first set of students? You know, it's, um, it's a friend of mine, a friend mm-hmm. of my husband who told me that there's, a, I will still remember this, that there's a site called OVS. It was Oma uh, Sortir, it's called in French. It means we're going to get out, basically. It's a free website. Okay. And, um, people sort of publish events, free events. And, uh, and that's how I started. I was like, okay, so I'm just going to give free classes. Let's see, you know. So that's how I established. I came in and I put my dance class, Kathak dance class uh, on the OVS uh, website. And that's where I had all the, I had so many people coming in from there just to sort of test the course and what's going on. Wow. And then obviously I used a lot of Facebook. Instagram wasn't such a big thing back then. So I had Facebook at my hand and I made a lot of, um, what you may call the flyers and stuff. I went around town. I still remember my whole family, my husband and his siblings. They were all around the city. We were putting up my posters everywhere on cafes and (laughs) and so the groundwork was pretty hard like I started really from my humble beginnings were like putting it on like you know the even the dustbins the trash cans that's where the traffic is right near the bars where people people look at it cafes asking people uh, hey can I put my poster up here and some would be saying no some would be say yes and uh at the local boulangeries, which is the local bakeries and stuff. And, um, and that's how I, that, those were my humble beginnings. As I started to get, you know, to get my visibility because there was nobody here when I came in uh, as a Kathak dancer. And uh, so that was, and then obviously on Facebook, the people who had already established Bollywood here, they sort of quickly caught up to me. They're like, oh, there's a Kathak dancer here. You know, we could use you for Bollywood. <laughs> you right. know, there's always that. Hey, could you teach our senior class uh, some Kathak Bollywood? There's always that. So that's how I started. So I was like, okay, okay. So Kathak fusion, semi-classical. So I started giving semi-classical classes at a company here, and obviously I started my Kathak classes and so that. So yeah, social media and uh, a lot of footwork back in the day uh, was. Um, was how I started in France, in Lyon. Yeah. Makes sense. And all the, all the, all the footwork you did in Kathak, I assume prepared you for that as well. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> it was, it was okay. Yeah. It was good. So you did a lot of work up front, 
hustling, getting the posters and getting the word out in Lyon. And yeah. once you have your students in the door, I guess, what, do you, what have you found that works for you in terms of making sure they come back? Because they know this is a dance form that might take a lot of practice in hours, but they don't have, mm-hmm. they might not be, since they're not, uh, it's not part of their culture yet or culture now. Yeah. How do yeah. you make sure that they have that connection or they have that motivation to go back home and practice so that they can make yeah. progress in class? You know, this is this is something where I think we uh, we have our, uh, in Hindi, you call it uh, parampara. And in uh, Urdu, we call it uh, riyasat. You know, this is where our heritage, this is where the cultural heritage part comes in from the guru to the shishik, what we say. These are things which are unspoken. We, these are things you will never find online. These are things that you only learn in classes from Guru. And this is how you pass it on to your disciples. So when I used to go to my class, I still remember. The vision of my Guru was so strong. I still remember her. I mean, she's still 90 and she has that impeccable, her sari was just perfect. Her matching earrings and her two bangles on each wrist. It's, it, it's a vision of, because what we learn is that Kathak is just not a dance form, it's a lifestyle. So right. in Pakistan, Gharana also, there's a, there's a big focus that the teachers tell you this and you sort of grow into this, that it's not just a dance form. You, a Kathak dancer has, is more aware of lines of colors, of patterns, of many other things than as compared to another style of dance or something else. We are more sensitive to these things. So all these little, little things, you know, the way the guru stands, the way the guru talks, the way the guru maintains the posture, the hair, the everything, the little hand gestures, it's it's what keeps the students hooked. Because there are things that you don't, apart from the dance that you learn from the guru, just by looking at the guru, just the way they sit, the manner of talking, you know, because this is part of our heritage. The guru, the the Kathak has that Nawab uh, factor in it, the Mughal factor in it. And they were known for their poise, the class, the 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 whole the whole nine yards, right? The dress up until today, you know, we do the whole the makeup, the this, the the everything. So this sort of these are things that you learn, and I think they. I was able to hopefully yes, I think yes, able to transmit a few parts of that, you know, to my students, and that is the glue that they sort of tasted a bit of culture behind the classes it's not just tatkar and taat hai thai taat and aat hai thai taat and let's do two three chakras and then uh, uh, goodbye tomorrow and we'll see no it's how you talk how you sit how you how you present yourself you know the the little thing about the kajal in the eyes the parting of the hair everything every little detail is what gives you an insight into the culture that how you are and we have a lot of respect these are some things that we sort of learn and this i think is very much missing in the in the western culture maybe in our culture in the classical there's a huge respect 
of the guru. You know, we don't even sit at the same level of the guru. You know, it's uh, we're always sitting down. The guru is sitting, uh, you know, uh, a bit a level up. And so a lot of things like this, they, they, if they see me doing this to my guru, they do the same. So these are, these are quite a lot of things that you transmit. And people who are into the classical, they get, once they, they understand this, they're like, ah, so they're learning more than just the technical part. They're learning a big part of the culture that they would have never gotten to learn, you know. So I think that was my hook to be able to teach them a part of our culture by living in France, you know. Mm. So, yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> That's uh, what, the, what they say. Because <laughs> okay, I was very interested. Yeah. So, so my students ahead. told me that. That was, that was very nice. It was very touching when they told me that. Okay. And so coming to your students, uh, the way you learn Kathak and the way you're teaching Kathak, did you have to make any changes or modifications that you were teaching in Lyon to impart the same um, instruction? I, I sort of did have to make some changes because mm -hmm. yeah, it's not the same kind of way people's lives are uh, very different. The pace of life is quite different. Mm -hmm. So for instance, in a Kathak class, you know, we always, we always come mostly, you have to you have to sort of respect the dress code, you right. know, because it's like ballet, you know, you don't just walk in wearing a thigh pants and a t-shirt, you know. But I had to sort of accommodate that in France here because there are sometimes people were just rushing in from work and they didn't bring their kurta at home because, you know, she was wearing a dress in the day. So she just had some tights with her, you know. It's not really part of their culture to wear shalwar kameez or, you know, to have that, so that you sort of have to make some adjustments, you know, according to that. Right. So I, uh, yeah, so that was the, I had to let go because I remember I was thrown out of class myself, you know, for just coming in, in my thigh pants one you day. You said thrown out of class? Yeah, oh, wow. I was like, okay. I was, I was, I mean, I was told to leave the class. Right. Very patiently, uh -huh. I was, and I think rightfully so. Because it is true, you have to respect uh, the dance. I mean, you do not. It's a, you do not go to a ballet class, you know, if you're not dressed in that in in a particular way, right? They will not let you enter. So it's the same thing right. with Indian classical dance. Also, it's there's no exemptions. But um, I did have to make a lot of changes because you have to understand it is not part of their culture. Also. It is, it is something classic, this ballet is part of their culture. They understand that, but to sort of, you know, they're learning Indian dance form. They still are not, you know, there with, so I had to sort of, after a couple of classes, they understood. And then they were always sort of coming in like more prepped and more, you know, yeah. But initially I had to let go of a lot of things, you know. Understood. Like, Okay, then. And a few water breaks, not a lot of water breaks because they want to continuously, you know, take a break or, you know, do a breather. Whereas the way I learned, we had very few water breaks. I see. You know, so, but I'm, I'm a little bit more relaxed when that too. I'm like, okay, you know what? It's okay. Hydrate yourselves. Please go ahead. Go ahead. Let's take a break. So, yeah. Understood. Those little changes. 
And when it comes to teaching and you have people of different skill levels, how do you, what, what process do you use when it, if someone's lagging behind or they're not with the rest of the class? What do you do in those situations? Ah, well, everybody has to do a lot of tatkar. <laughs> it was one, but, if, but that's the thing about the, about the dynamics of a group that uh, um, with, with Kathak, it's true that sometimes somebody is lacking behind. But to be honest, when you wear the gungrus, you have your gungrus on and you start the, the process, everybody's into it you you're it's it, it's the power of of the dance it just takes over without gungrus to be honest i have seen that in my at least in my classes like without gungrus right if i just do the footwork if we're doing some stuff they are less efficient or they're less they feel less but as soon as the gungrus are put on you know right and there's another dimension to it but we can't put gungrus all the time you know I've done it for one so, day and it was interesting. Yeah. I, I did it for one day when we started working from home. I was yeah. like, I put on gungus for the entire day and I'm like, okay, I'm getting passive practice in, but I haven't done it. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, there you go. You know, it's, it's, it changes the way you are, uh, you, you're, you're doing Kathak, but you need to do your footwork. You need to learn your footwork well before you put on proper gungus and start to, you know, uh, especially in the classes. So, or especially at the start, you know, you need to not directly put on the gurus. But so there's sometimes, you know, some people are like, hmm, but then we do, we get into it by doing a lot of uh, exercises, the breathing exercises that we, uh, I do with them. That sort of disconnects the outside world and connects them instantly. Um, you know, I tell them while doing the, um, what you may call the stretching, it's most very important to breathe the breathe in and breathe out so not so much important to stretch but sort of prepare the head the oxygen needs to go to the head and that sort of you know gets the gets people in and once we start start sort of warming up and then i think i pick up the pace the faster i go i sort of like you know pick up the tempo and then everybody starts to get into it and i'm like okay so now now we're in class now let's let's do a bit of you know, a tukra or two, and then maybe after you can wear your gungrus, and then, you know, I actually go with the flow. If they're really, really gungru that day, so I let them wear gungrus. Otherwise, if I can get some more stuff into it before gungrus, I do it. So it really depends. I'm, I go with the flow. I don't try to be so strict about it. Okay, and uh, what kind of levels do you have in your class format right now? You know, for but for the moment, right now, this mm -hmm. year, I didn't start my Kathak classes, mm -hmm. unfortunately. But when I did have, I had one group of um, beginners and one group which was a bit uh, senior. And uh, so those are the two different kind of groups that I had. And uh, are you at a point where you're able to like do a, like a Rangmanj Pravesh for them? Or is that something you have for the future? Oh, that's for the future. Okay. Awesome. Clearly not now. No, mm -hmm. not for the moment. Okay. Yeah. And so th those are the questions I had about, uh, about your class and your experiences, Lyon. And you did mention the Sangeet Quintet a while back in our conversation. Yeah. I do, I do want to ask you more about what that is and how that got formed. 
Sangeet content. So yes, we were formed in 2004. And uh, this was, I got very lucky again. So the association where I started to teach uh, Kathak when I came to France right. uh, was run by uh, an Afghan uh, French uh, uh, sort of uh, an association. Yeah, it was a couple of siblings who had this association. And um, so I was giving classes there and the, one of the sisters who was working there was like, well, you know, my brother, he does, uh, he, he does classical uh, singing and stuff. He's been, uh, he's been doing this in France for a couple of years. And I was like, okay, wow, great. So he had like an idea. So the brother and who is uh, Masood Ji, who is our lead singer now, so he just sort of proposed this to me. He's like, uh, I've been looking for a Kathak dancer, you know, a classical dancer in Lyon for the longest time. And uh, there wasn't one. And he's like, I would really like to, to, to make a group. And it was his idea. This is basically his baby. He has been thinking about doing this since a very long time. So he wanted to do, um, he wanted to have four musicians and one dancer. And uh, so we have basically him on the harmonium and he sings and uh, tampura. And then we have one uh, gentleman who plays the rubab and we have one tablaist and uh, we have one sitar, which is also replaced by dilruba by a girl sometimes. So this was basically his baby. And I was like, wow, of course that I had just come to France and I was just, you know, I just got this opportunity. I was like, of course, I would love it. I would love to perform live, uh, you know. So um, they already had, a, he had a date of performance and uh, he proposed and we just practiced. And uh, from there, we just took off and it went well. And he even decided, yeah, so we're going to make a DVD. We're going to do this. And, and it was not really a group. Like the first performance we did, there was nothing. We weren't Sangeet Quantet. We weren't nothing. Like after the performance, he was like, uh, I want to make this a group. I want to make this official. I want to call it Sangeet Quantet. And it's going to be like this, da 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 da, da. And um, I was like, wow. And because we are pretty unique in France, you know, we're the only uh, live group who does uh, Pakistani, Indian, and Persian music and live classical dance. So it's very interesting, you know, the mix that we have. And uh, so, yeah, I jumped on board. And of course, I was like, yeah, yes, of course, sure, I'll be part of it. So that's how Sangeet Content started. And we are still performing, uh, going strong till today. Well, now it's Corona time. So all our gigs are canceled for the moment this year. So it's everything is moved to next year. So let's see. Next year. <laughs> Yeah, and since you talked about Sangeet Quintet, and I did notice there's a DVD on your website. Could you tell us what's in the DVD and what people can expect to find? Well, the DVD is our first performance. Oh. It was filmed. Uh, it, uh, yes, uh, Masuji was uh, like, this is it. This is amazing. I want to be, like I said, that I'm going to make this official, this, this group. And uh, so um, this is basically from our first performance. So the things that are inside it is basically taranas. I'm doing uh, four taranas inside. And uh, there's obviously, and there is a ghazal that I'm doing more Sufi Kathak on it also. So that's something that you can expect to see in the, in the DVD. 
It was our first performance and I'm still like, okay, are you sure you want to make a DVD out of it? But it's, it's, it's very nice. It's a, it's a, it's a very, very nice uh, memory. So I'm happy. I'm happy we did a DVD. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And so once the, I know we're, we're in strange times right now where we can't really do performances, but once we get back to a sense of normalcy, whatever that looks like, do you, yeah. uh, what, what do you see in the future for Sangeet Quintet in terms of where you're going to go with that project? Ah, Sangeet, where we have, uh, we had a lot of projects uh, in the pipeline for the, for this year also. But um, we did uh, we did a uh, performance in Algeria at the opera, and uh, so that was pretty. That was something that we were going to redo maybe this year, but I'm not sure if it's going to really uh, happen now. And uh, if not for the next year, uh, we have some we have some stuff lined up, and uh, let's see let's see how that goes. For the moment, we can't confirm anything. I mean, everything is on the hold, to be that, honest. That's fair. Yeah. And um, one thing I ha- one thing we have talked about, uh, or I would like to talk about now, is the collaborations you've done. And I, I, know you, I know you talked about pushing the boundaries of Kathak and taking it to new spaces. And I assume yeah. collaborations are a way of doing that. So what kind of yeah. collaborations have you done? Well, with Kathak, I've done um, already because I do Bollywood. So there is that sort of one fusion that I do, Kathak right. fusion, but it's not something very, very uh, new. This is something that's been done and has been done and is being done by many artists. And in uh, France, what I, um, what I did a couple of months back was a part of the quarantine uh, project that I, uh, I contacted two other dancers, French girls, who do Bharat Natyam and Odyssey, and we called it Indian Classical Fusion. And we took um, a music by a French band. It's sort of like a gypsy music. It's a lot of fun. And uh, and I just said, listen, let's just let's do our styles, and we'll just film it, and then we'll we'll make a video of it. You know, everybody is in their rooms, in their in their lounge, uh, you can say, and we're just lounge or outside or wherever we could film. And uh, we don't need to wear any costumes. We don't need to do anything, you know. Whereas in Bharat Nadian, this is one of our discussions that we were doing, like, how should we present the video? Because in the classical community, it's going to be looked down. If you don't wear the dupatta, if you don't do this, if you don't wear that, you know. And I was just like, and plus, because these girls are more French. So they had more of a problem, to be honest, in letting go than I did, you know. Makes sense. which makes sense. They were like, you know, already we're French and we're doing this. If we don't do it in a certain way, we're already the black sheep, you know. And so I was like, man, you gotta, you have to let go, you know. Uh, your technique is strong. Your passion towards what you're doing is is visible. And I think that is the only authenticity that you need to see in today's day and time. And if somebody is literally going to pinpoint and how you're dressed i mean how you're not accurately or appropriately dressed for the for this i mean i think that just should just be their problem now you know i mean the music that we chose is completely very contemporary very um it's not a classical song 
So it's a gypsy song that we're doing classical on and each one is doing their style, you know. And then at one point we do the same thing together. So this was like a very, very nice collaboration that I did. It was between Kathak and Odyssey and Bharat Natyam. So that was really appreciated. Uh, amazingly, very much appreciated by the classical community at the end of the day, even when we're not, you know, awesome. there you can say appropriately dressed accordingly, mm-hmm. like not in full costume and stuff. So it, that was that was very interesting. And uh, then the video that I'm talking about that I did that was um, Kathak with Afro, Afro dance, because I have uh, I have a lot of passion for Afro dance also. I've done that previously uh, growing up and stuff, and I still practice a bit here and there. And so that is something that's part of me. So I really wanted to do that. And I found a girl here who does dance hall and I contacted her and I was like, hey, you know, are you interested? And she was just like, what? What is Kathak? What are you talking about? <laughs> what, what do you want to do? So that was, <laughs> so I showed her some videos and so I was like, so this is what Kathak looks like. And uh, we should take like a song, whatever song you pick, you pick the song because I can do it on anything. I will, I, have, I don't care. You know, whatever flows your boat, floats your boat, let's do it. And uh, she was like, okay. So she chose the song and I was like, okay, fine. Let's do it. I'm, I'm down with it. So then I made my, so there was the Kathak slash the Afro uh, choreography that I'm, it's going to come out soon. Hopefully. Hard question on this then, because like a lot of times when I, when we think about songs and choreographies, I often hear, okay, this one isn't suitable for Kathak or we can't do a choreography on this. Um, yeah. So I, I guess, are you of the mindset that pretty much any song can be? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I do it on Bollywood. I do it on, on Western songs. I can do it on any song. I don't think we should, we should limit it. Then again, I did one song that was pretty uh, appreciated. Um, it was a Coke studio song that I took. Right. And uh, it's, it's a Kavali, and I did Kathak on it. Okay. It's a complete Kavali song. Kavali mm-hmm. rock, rock Kavali. So there you go. There, there's already rock Kavali. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the beauty of Coke Studio. Coke Studio Pakistan, they come up with amazing mixes. Mm-hmm. And I did Kathak on that. And that mm-hmm. was something really appreciated by the Kathak community also. And I was very happy to see that people are sort of breaking out of the traditional mold. Like, yes, it can be done. Of course it can be done. I mean, you know, why not? Why should we just stick to ghazals and this and bhajan and na na na? You know, let's, so I, I'm of the, I'm really of the, of this notion that you can do it on any song. I mean, if Bollywood can do it on any song, I mean, you know, why, why not us? We can too. Right. Uh, so I guess follow up on this. If uh, you say, so if, if you can do Kathak on any songs and, and that spans across genres, languages, countries, uh, would you say uh, a song in particular would have, uh, would you say that a song would have to have certain rhythms or patterns for it to be, be able to be choreographed in a Kathak style or it has to have certain Not at things? all. Not at all. Not at all. I've done it on so many bizarre music. Okay. I've, I've tested on so many strange, you know, yeah, you can do it. And I think th- there's a very, already in Bollywood, there's mm-hmm. a lot of, who are doing Kathak on Bollywood songs and there's some very famous Kathak artists you know traditionally trained very well-trained Kathak artists who are only using Bollywood uh, songs to do very pure technical Kathak 
you know, there's the names like Kumar Sharma, Kathak Rockers, and Svetlana Tulasi. They're they're using pure Kathak techniques and doing uh, on Bollywood songs or on whatever other kind of songs, you know. So that's being done, and I'm just sort of taking it using other Western songs or any kind of song, and I'm just and and just doing Kathak on it. And so I really don't think that there's a Universally, there's always the same. There's always 16 beats. In most of the music that you will find, the language, you will always find the teen tal over there, you know. So it's very easy, you know, uh, to break it down. And if you have an understanding as a Kathak dancer of the beats and the rhythm a bit, the 11 beats, the, the jhap tal and this and that, just not even maybe jhap. If you know the 16 beats, you can break it down to any music whatsoever. You can fasten the footwork, you can slow down the footwork, you can, you know, you can, you can really make it from 16 to 8 to 4 to whatever, you know, you can, you can do whatever. It's, I don't think Kathak is limited at all, at all. You can do it on any kind of music at all. I mean, that's in my experience, at least for me, I, I can throw me a song. I feel it, I will do it, you know. Okay. I have no limitations for it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so the reason I asked you is that one of the songs that uh, one of the songs that I've always been wondered if can be choreographed is uh, there's a song called in the movie called Rock On called Sinbad the Sailor and like whenever I've uh, <laughs> so because what happened is like uh, I had a friend who we have done at, we had to do choreography for a Sangeet ceremony and yeah. I, I recommended this song and they said it won't work for a dance I'm like he's a choreographer I mean you should know why should yeah because it's uh, there's always a very standard set of songs in like Indian weddings, and you kind of just stick to that. Yeah, no. Right. Send it to me; I'll choreograph it for you. <laughs> for sure, I'd graduate. love to. I'd love to. I don't think you should be limited, and it can't mm-hmm. be limited. I think that's the beauty about Kathak. There's so mm-hmm. many artists now. They are, but they're very Bollywood on this. You know, there's a there's a big element of this. Like on Bollywood songs, there's so much Kathak being done. So much Kathak. I think more and more people are more and more aware of Kathak. And uh, so, which is good, which is pretty good. But a lot of gharanas, a lot of the traditional people, maybe sometimes they're not very uh, happy with the Bollywood using Kathak in that way. But I think uh, I am also from the advertising background. And so I think no advertising is bad advertising. At least the word is getting out, but it is true that people don't understand uh, the the real Kathak. They just see some stuff and then they're like, oh, so this must be Kathak also. This must be Kathak. So there is a line, but the word Kathak, the name is out. You know, people are aware of it, you know, whether you, whether you like it or not, let's say it. <laughs> Got you. So, and I guess, yeah, this, because that, that, makes uh, like that I have like a relatable story to that in the sense yeah. of late I was having some difficulty doing that, that card like I was actually stuck in my practice where I was stuck in Chogun for months and my my teacher was like hey Pramit if you don't practice you're gonna be stuck here forever because you do need to do yeah. it on your time um, yeah. and then from my last interview Sharmila ji she told me that she used to take she takes like songs from different DVDs and uses that in her practice and I found that to be a good idea uh, yeah. What happened was I tried initially practicing Tintal from like the great tabla players. Mm-hmm. And, but there's so many variations I couldn't like practice on it on a steady yeah. beat. And yeah. 
uh, I I asked my guruji, hey, hey, Tanvir, uh, like one of my gurus, Tanvirji, and my yeah. other gurus, Doctor Sen. So I asked Tanvir, hey, what can I do? Because I I can't find songs with a steady rhythm. He's like, Pramit, every song, pretty much every song has an eight beat or sixteen beat. Exactly. And it's called Teen Talent Katha. I was like, oh, right. Yeah. So then I started exactly. doing it on Billie Jean and different songs yeah. like that, and just kept like practice interesting for me. There you go. There you go. So that's why Kathak can be done on any song. Because universally, that's what I told you. There's 16 beats. Tintal. You can break it down to 8 and 16 and 32. You can go fast. You can go slow. That's that's totally up to you. You know, for me personally, to be honest, every time I was doing Kathak, um, I, I would start. So I couldn't do the Tatkar for very long. <laughs> I just wanted to jump in and do something else. Correct. So, but I am, I mean, obviously I did do a lot of my tatkars and stuff, but I like to do a lot of ladi, a lot of uh, other stuff, you know, if I could uh, do some variations in the tatkar, that sort of really helped me. So I don't know if that might be something that, you know, that might help you later on or not, because ladis are very interesting. They're sequences of different footworks that you can do. And I really liked that. You know, I think it's also a matter of, you know, how how you're practicing, what your stuff is, what your what your goal is with it. You know, for instance, now also I have very limited time sometimes, so I can't do a lot of footwork for very long. So I like to create more. You know, I like to get creative with my footwork. So I don't want to just do, you know, ta te te ta te te. That's for like, you know. I speed it up, yes, but then I get bored. So I need I need some variations. So I, I try to do that. That works for me. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's funny you mentioned Lari because in uh, we are just like my uh, my one of my gurus, Doctor Anjita Sen, just taught me my uh, first Lari, and that is something I'm practicing. The yes. isn't so much of an issue. The the problem right now I'm having is keeping my arm up straight. Yeah. For, for that amount of time, I think my arms give out before my legs do. So that's yeah. what I'm working on right now. Because <laughs> it has to be stretched out and then it has to be in that position and we are moving it around. So yeah, 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 yeah. There is that. There are some people who who started, I think I did see somebody and uh, who would just sort of, um, you know, wrap the arms around and uh, in one position just to, to get used to so that body doesn't go sway too much. And so there are different, different ways that some people... Uh, everybody has different ways of doing it, you know. I was doing that too. I was just wrapping my arms, wrapping my arms around, and just sort of doing my tatkar. And that's when it bored me. Then I would just switch and just sort of put my arm out and let let it let it go. Like I would just let my hands flow with the move. But I was I learned to concentrate to keep my body straight for the while, you know, by keeping my arms, uh, you know, wrapped around. That's what really helped me because it's important when you're letting your arms go when you're feeling the flow that you don't, your body doesn't sway, you don't lose the balance, right? It has to be one central focus, you know? So, I mean, yeah, different things help different people. I think you need to find your rhythm. If you're getting like Billie Jean and doing tatkar on it, I say stick to it. <laughs> I mean, the first time I did different songs, I I did Tatkar for forty five minutes, and time just flew by. And I was, that, so that was interesting. Wow, um, you did it longer than I did. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't like Vilambit. It wasn't. I wasn't going Chogun for forty five minutes. So, yeah. but it was. Oh, so, 
Okay. Okay. And interesting. So, talking about riyas, um, what? And this is a question I'm borrowing from you. So, what is your daily riyas ritual like? And I especially want to know what was, how's your riyas been, say, before you met Sharmilaji and after? Because for a long time you were kind of doing it on your own. And how yeah. did your riyas change after that? Um, to be honest, it didn't change much because with Sharmilaji, what what I do mostly. is um is we work on choreographies more and stuff and uh, and but there is some stuff uh i started to do yes more chakras in my riyas you know because first initially i was just doing a lot more footwork and uh, sort of warming up with that and then doing and i was not doing so much chakras you know i would do a little bit and then i would stop you know i would say i will guard this you know for my when i get into it after the riyas but in fact no that sort of really changed so i sort of now do a bit of half and half and what changed yes truly with the sharmila ji is that i started doing the chakkar from because normally we turn we open our arms and we go towards our left right and the focus now started to also be open your arms and go towards your right so what sharmila ji really helped me with was to balance both right and the left oh because normally everybody is teaching you to do tatkar from the right right you know, and not from the left mm-hmm. so that sort of really so now i focus more on doing it on the left also start from the left also so instead of just going ta the 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 ta the 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 i do from mm-hmm. there from the left side i start the ta the 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 and ta the the to develop yeah to strengthen your left side and this is something that we don't really do and a lot of teachers sort of don't um, don't really focus on this to be honest they just develop your one side and uh, to be honest if you want to really progress and also technically it's very important for you to have the right and left balance and so this was this this was something that really helped me so i started right and then left and that sort of also broke the monotony of the things also you know what i'm saying if you're just doing from the right 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 you know uh you sort of get bored a bit and so this sort of spice things up for me so right left right and then left right left right right left so i trained myself to sort of you know start using the left side more also you know which i picked up in one of the choreographies that she was teaching me you know there was a lot of some left stuff also so then i was like okay so this is something and i realized that my left was a little bit more weaker than my right because i was using it less and i hadn't done it so much and so that i started developing in my riyas a lot to work on my left also so i would advise you to do the same <laughs> cuz that's a very interesting concept rafia ji cuz it yeah. transcends dance forms to give yeah. you an example like i do a martial arts form called jiu jitsu which is mostly ground grappling yeah and yeah. in that we learn all our moves from the right right and yeah. what people tend to do is you kind of learn all the basics and foundations from the right mm-hmm. and then somewhere down the line you kind of start doing it on your left as well mm-hmm. uh, there there are two different forms of thinking in this one is that if you just do it on the right your left will kind of sort of develop on its own and you can make the left catch up later on and some yeah. people like to balance it out from the get go from so, the get go yeah so how, how yeah. where do you stand on those two philosophies which one are you more inclined to but i think it should be from the beginning i think it should be from the very beginning because in in kathak 
we believe this that um, what is difficult today will be tomorrow's riyas which means you know uh, today it's difficult tomorrow it's going to be easier for you to do but so that means you need to start today right not later on because later on yes you will be able to but it might it will be difficult for your body to retrain i do think that it should be something that we part of the practice from the beginning and we don't do that and i didn't learn it that way also also learned it just strictly from the right develop your one side and then get to the left and i do think that this should be something that should be started from the beginning and i was doing that with my girls so i did start from the right and stuff and then i started to develop their left also with the car from the left and that's where the um, where the beauty of kathak is a lot of footworks uh, strong footworks are people who are able to switch seamlessly between the right and the left you know and uh, so that is something that should be in my opinion should be from the from the beginning should be trained from the beginning and that was something that's very helpful with sharmila ji in her choreographies which i learned and then i was like okay so i'm going to start training myself now in my riyas for instance so yeah and would you say then if you train from both sides does that open up opportunities for different kind of choreographies uh for choreographies uh, no i don't think that that's something very uh, i don't think you can because for choreography i mean to be honest for me when i choreograph i it's strictly on the feeling uh, of the song if i feel any song whatsoever i will choreograph it like so choreography is related with your how you perceive how you feel how you what what you want to what kind of message you want to deliver with this piece of music as a kathakar what is the message you're going to send you know uh that i think for me at least like that's how i break it down choreograph it from right or left is something that's secondary after so yeah. so yeah no but of course when you're when you're when you're dancing when you're choreographing it if you can use your left also it's 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 nice but there are some dances i've done they're strictly from the right i haven't used a lot of footwork i have just done very simple but more expressive and a little bit more technical stuff you know so it it really depends i don't think that has a big uh thing on the choreographing but yes technically for you as an artist yes you can show more let's say if you have both the sides equally developed okay yeah. and to so this may, i want to follow up on what you said about how you develop a choreography um yeah. so when you first hear a song and you decide you want to choreograph this what are the yeah. steps you follow in your head and how do you get to the end result what steps do i follow well you know i first thing the basic thing for me is the feel if i feel the music i will it will just go with the flow and uh, the second is what am i trying to uh, what message is it that i'm trying to convey on my while with this with this piece is it strictly technical is it something that i'm trying to tell a story with you know those are sort of uh, you know steps the layers that i work with and um, and yeah and mostly uh, and mostly i try to to do my uh, to do the tukras and stuff that i have learned try to put them but i try not to 
because a lot of some depends on the song of the fusions and whatnot. I try to take what I have learned and uh, <clears throat> put it in a way where it feels, put it in a manner that is uh, relatable to me. It may not necessarily fit in the Kathak box, traditional box, but at that moment, I don't care. That's how I will say. <laughs> I'm just, I, I feel that movement. And I like, for instance, if there's a, if there's a tukra, I might just do a piece of it. You know, I might just do the first four parts and I might join it with four, uh, four beats of some complete different tukra altogether. It has no link to it. And that's how I do it. I, I don't really stick to the traditional, you know, and that's where my fusions and where I feel that I, I'm just going to break this move. And I'm just going to put this here. And I'm just going to put that here. And that's how I feel it. <laughs> and, and that's how I do it. I don't really stick to the, hey, I've started this. So this Chakradar Tukra has to end like this. No. I will just take bits and pieces of it and put other bits and pieces together and make something. And what, and this, there was one very famous guru, I think he, he or she once, I don't, I don't remember now exactly, but he or she once said, yeah, I think it was Kundini Lakhyaji. And she was really off this, she was a rebel of her time, right? A Kathak rebel of her time. She is also, yeah. So she mentioned that uh, uh, if it's looking nice, to karo, to do it. It's Kathak. Don't stick to this traditional realm. It has to be ending like this or the end and, and this and its sum is like this and the sum has to come like this exactly. No. You changed it? Does it look nice? Are the lines clear? Do you feel good? Do it. So that's how I do it. I really like that advice. <laughs> so that's something that I stick to, to be honest. And some people like it and some don't like it, and which is fair enough. Something that it should be very traditional. Um, okay, why not? That's their opinion. Yeah, and if yeah. I guess if and if you have people who don't like it, you're probably doing something right. So right. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Nothing is called bad advertising. If you're looking at it and you don't like it, well, it's fine. <laughs> at least you looked at it. You know, <laughs> that's a good idea to have. So you mentioned Kumudini Ji being a rebel in her time. Could you? Tell me a little bit about that, what you found that she, well, I found she, was, she was also, she broke away from the, you know, all this, uh, she is from the Aditi Mangaldas uh, era and all of these, these people, they, they took a step towards, uh, towards doing Kathak, to, towards introducing new vocabulary in Kathak. In fact, it's that. By new vocabulary, I mean, you know, new, new, new moves, completely new moves, because uh, people were sticking to the same, Bohi, Palta, Bohi, Tukra, same thing, same, you know. So she actually introduced the, um, the idea of space, of using space in Kathak, because we're so static. We stay in one place, and in that same place, you do your chakras and you have to finish there. You know, that's the whole chakal, right? You, for years and years, you train. You look at that one spot in your room and you have to spin and come back to that spot, spin and come back to that spot. 
on your heel, spin and come back, do it again and again and again until it's not 100%. You know, you're not spinning 50 times the same and you have to do this. And she just sort of broke away from that, right? And Sanjuta Sinha, her disciple, her ex-disciple now, uh, she started her own company, that's why. Uh, she just introduced space, you know, she's just like, move around, move around, you know, take those. So she, I think, got inspired by ballet and, you know, how they sort of uh, take, uh, they spin around in circles a lot, right? They pivot, they pivot, they pivot, they go around in circles. So she introduced that, what we're doing in Kathak, you know, I think it is, it is because thanks to these people, she's like, let's, let's move around. So when there are two types of Kathak chakras, right? Like once you, one, you are standing still and you're just going around and round and round. I mean, spinning at the same spot, coming back. And then there's one where you just, you know, you go around in a big circle and then you finish your sound. And this is where she utilized space. She said, there's so much space empty. We're not moving. And so her and Aditi Mangal Das Ji and now Sanjukta Sinha, they move so much they utilized so much space, which was, which was not being used before. Kathakars were not using that. Either they were just sitting down and telling a story, or in the Kathak, uh, traditional, very classical, also doing the tukra and ending at one spot, you know. You are not moving too much. Now it's uh, move, flow. This is why it's also called contemporary Kathak, they're using this. Because they're moving so much. Now they're using so much space, all the space they're using. They're going right, left, jumping up and down. They're going down and coming up again. You know, this was not introduced so much in Kathak before, you know. There was not a lot of moves where you go down and come up, go down and come up, go down, you know. You were not doing that. This is very new, you know. So I think she, she, she was, very, she started that, Kumdini Lakya Ji. She started utilizing the space, you know, encouraging people to do that. So yeah in her times okay that is yeah that's very interesting for me i kind of just doing started doing kathak yeah a year ago and yeah. just in the process of doing this podcast and reaching out to guests i've been learning a lot of famous names in kathak and the, the stories yeah. and everything it's been very interesting for me yeah 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 and... it's so fascinating i mean where kathak is right now mm -hmm. i think such a beautiful stage we are we are there. It's it's being explored in terms of uh, it's it's being more and more. Ex I mean, people had done it, but it's been accepted. It's being it's being more and more acceptable. You know, they're not wearing traditional costumes anymore. They are going in there. There's a new type of costume. You know, it's complete. It's not that lenga choli. It's not that traditional stuff. It's it's those big pants and flowy. It's uh, it's no jewelry. It's very limited jewelry and more um, more realistic, and uh, it's it, it's so interesting where it's going, Kathak, right now. We're at a very 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 nice stage of uh, a big evolution in Kathak. You know, so yeah. Pramit. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, <laughs> thought I lost you though. No, I was just taking all that in. And I yeah. guess one of my, my last question on this note is, there's a question I wanted to ask Sharmila ji, but then I didn't get around to it because our conversation was fairly long. So I'm going to ask you yeah. instead, uh, yeah. what is the status of Kathak now in France and where do you want to see it going in the future? Ah, status of Kathak in France. Um, we are still pretty far. 
from where I think Sharmila Sharmaji would like to see it. Uh, I think she has a vision of spreading Kathak all over France and in Europe, developing it. Her being one of the first uh, people uh, coming to Europe and establishing this in Paris already. She's done a pretty good job at doing this in Paris. There are some other gurus and stuff, but uh, obviously she is a pioneer in this. Um, where would like to see Kathak go? Uh, already she is really pushing me to do uh, establish a very um, a school or something uh, in Lyon, which we will look into doing eventually for Kathak. Uh, right now what we are doing is I'm going to do very, uh, it's a bit complicated with COVID and stuff, but very regular workshops with uh, Shemilaji. She's going to come from Paris to Lyon. Uh, and then I'm going to start Kathak classes soon also. Uh, but because of the situation, it's not very clear when and how exactly. And uh, the idea where we see Kathak being taken is, I think, because of uh, also I do a lot of Bollywood Kathak videos. So Kathak is being spread out as a lot of people from Bollywood who are interested in learning Kathak to sort of improve their Kathak now, to improve their Bollywood now. They want to learn the roots. They want to go back. So I have a lot of students, a lot of people who have contacted me who have done Bollywood for 12 years, 10 years, 15 years, and now they want to learn Kathak. So this is fascinating for me. And I have been telling, I have been telling people this, that, you know, even if you're doing Bollywood, come and learn Kathak because it would help you in your Bollywood, you know, how to express, how to, uh, all the movements, all the high level Bollywood, if you can say, is the basics are Kathak, right? All these famous dancers, Madhuri Ji, Rekha, and all of them, all the Nine Yards, all these amazing songs, the, the Bollywood Kathak songs, they are, they are in, this is why Kathak has become also very famous. So this is very interesting. So people are picking up on that and they want to improve their Bollywood or learn the roots of Indian dance and Bollywood by learning Kathak. So we're a bit far from it because of COVID, I think we're not able to sort of move about so much but the idea is to bring Kathak into in different cities and um, do shows do events do workshops workshops are a great way of getting the word out especially in France so the idea is to sort of reach out in different cities and organize more and more workshops of Kathak and so that people can sort of get uh, the taste real taste of real Kathak so that's where we see uh, at least I see Kathak hopefully in a couple of years more and more developed, very much more developed in France. So yeah. That's awesome, Rafiaji, and I'm looking forward to your journey in Kathak as well and where that goes. And once the COVID thing hit, COVID is kind of normalized again. Yeah. I'd love to see what you do with Sangeet Quintet and your collaborations. So yeah, thank you. Thank so, you so much. So yeah, thanks a lot for yeah coming on this podcast thanks thanks to thanks to you for recommending you to me who became my first guest so yeah, i'm really happy we did connect it's no problem i'm very happy i'm i really wish you best of luck i think it's a great uh, great idea that you have i don't think it's been done also uh kathak podcast so uh, i hope you get many many amazing guests on your uh, on your podcast and I'm really uh, I'm very happy that you reached out to me also I'm, I'm very honored to be part of this uh, great project also so thank you Pramit thank you you're welcome yeah I hope to get more people as well it's going well so far yeah right. fingers crossed for you <laughs> thanks <laughs>